This is food. This is beans. <laughs> so, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Simon Denisidi. It has come. Indeed. We have watched it, and we are about to spoil the shit out of it. Yes. Yes, indeed, Adrian Pinter. Yes, indeed. We will move through this a closer look and spoil as much as possible because this is a spoiler cast episode of Split Focus of Filming TV Podcast, and I'm not afraid to spoil it here. So if you're in the wrong place for some reason and you actually wanted to listen to episode 97 of our series, of our podcast series, you should probably go listen to that now because we're about to spoil mm -hmm. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Definitely. And uh, we did a like kind of pretty, pretty deep spoiler free review on episode 97 of Split Focus Film and TV podcast. And this one is going to be, you know, kind of a review, but we're really just going to talk about specific events that happen in this movie and kind of uh, talk about why, I guess, like almost a little bit more deeper as to why we didn't like specific aspects of this film or like specific aspects of this film. Um, but again, yeah, if you want a spoiler free review, uh, listen to episode 97 of Split Focus of Film and TV podcast and get out of here. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Adrian, to get right into it. Mm -hmm. I go, I like this movie, as I said on yeah. that episode. I thought it was good. I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah, and enjoyable. It was fun to watch. I like Sam Raimi's directing style. Mm -hmm. But there's some kind of disconnect here. And I wonder, there were there was extensive reshoots on this movie. And I wonder if that's kind of leached into, or it, it affected it negatively. I wonder if they had something different on their hands and they changed it. I think this movie, as I said on our review on 97, that it should have been longer. And it doesn't make sense that it was the length that it is. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I believe it should have been longer, and this is the key element, and I'm wondering if you agree. This is the problem with this movie quintessentially, in my opinion. Wanda Maximoff was completely committed in injustice. I agree. As a character. She was abused as a character, and I have no idea why. It makes no sense to me. Coming out of WandaVision, she was potentially on the road to redemption. She could have gone both ways. I don't agree that this is like she's just a crazy person who's arguably the most gruesome, brutal villain we've ever seen in the MCU since the MCU has dawned. Dude, by far. She's more brutal than Loki. She's more brutal than Thanos. She's killing literal heroes who are actually great, good people and innocent civilians left, right, and center. And I looked at that and I was very, very utterly confused to the point where I just couldn't understand it. It's it, Elizabeth Olsen yeah. does a great job, by the way. 100%. I but I just don't understand what they're doing in that regard. And I'll let you speak. Sorry. Yeah, I 100% I, I agree with you on that. I think – yeah, like if coming off WandaVision, they do have the scene where like she has the book, um, like the Darkhold or whatever it's called. Yeah. And, you know, it's like an after credit scene and she's reading it. Right. But for yeah. someone that doesn't understand the full context of what that book is and what that book does, I would 100 percent agree with you. Yeah. At the end of WandaVision, I'm like, oh, she realized she made a huge mistake by putting this, you know, town under control and is learning from it and you know she like people just let her go and it's i thought that ending was like kind of weird and i'm like okay like people are just cool with it but it's like yeah what are they gonna do she's like one of the world's most or universe's most powerful people and then this movie it's just like yeah what she did there she doesn't give a fuck she's actually gonna go way more brutal way more dark and actually just kill innocent people for a incredibly selfish reason and it's it's genuinely shocking and i do agree with you i think it does this movie and her character in particular a disservice although it makes for some really cool and legitimately jaw-dropping scenes it's shocking it they do um actually i don't want to spoil game of thrones but they they essentially do something similar like it just felt rushed with another character in that show although i, I still like uh, that show but um they do that with this where it's just like it's a flip of a switch, man. She is now literally. Yeah, like she's one of the most brutal villains. And her reasoning is an incredibly selfish and I guess simple reason. But it's yeah, it threw me for a loop, man. And again, it, you it, you just hit the ground running. And I think that is kind of what my issue was with the movie in terms of pacing, especially in that first act, because you get to her and she's like, hey, I'm I'm doing tricks here 
on like Doctor Strange, like, no, I'm going to fucking kill America Chavez so I get this power to like travel through multiverses and then have a kid or have my kids. Yeah, she's going to kill a child. Yeah, like a literal kid so she can hang out with kids. And on top of that, she is more than willing to kill multiple people, kill different versions of her friends from different universes, and also kill her friends from this universe. And it's very just shocking and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah, it's strange. Like, I guess we can kind of segue into the concept of the Illuminati, which I thought was a really cool Mm -hmm. part of the movie. I thought that uh, Xavier, like being in the movie, like Professor Xavier was really cool. Played by Patrick Stewart Mm -hmm. was amazing. Seeing Lashana Lynch like reprise her role, but she like her character had become as a Rambo, Maria Rambo, she'd become uh, Captain Marvel, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. I thought Anson Mount reprising his role from freaking Inhumans. Yeah, that was shocking. was so wild. And it was really cool that they did that considering how badly reviewed that series is. But I thought that they did that very well. And he was a really cool character. And I like Anson Mount as an actor. I love him in Hell on Wheels. So I thought that that was really fantastic. Haley Atwell playing, of course, Captain Carter, which was really cool. And mm-hmm. she had a really cool costume, to be honest. Yeah. She looked awesome. And um, yeah, uh, Chiwetel uh, Ejiofor, of course, playing uh, Mordo. And he did a great job there, too. But I thought that John Krasinski was probably the most shocking. Definitely. Of the reveals. Yeah, John Krasinski is Reed Richards now, canonically. No, well, no, in that universe, yeah. we don't know if he's going to be Reed Richards in our universe. That may not happen. Probably will, Hopefully. depending on how it's received, I guess. But uh, it was cool. He's the smartest man alive or whatever. Uh, that's a neat thing. And I just want to talk about, just go right into that concept. She destroyed them in a way that's like very reminiscent of a certain show that we've talked about on this uh, this podcast series mm-hmm. that we both really like. It's a certain animated series specifically. And that... Uh, there's a specific scene in this series. Again, it's I, I, again. I'm not going to say specific so that I don't want to spoil it. But it, that it's pretty shocking, and this is pretty shocking. Like she wrecks them up. She turns freaking Reed Richards into in, wacky inflatable tube man. Yeah, like a cheese strings, and just basically wreck, just rips them apart. Dude, it, she completely destroyed Black Bolt. Played by Anson Mount. Dude, that was, yeah, like that, that is one of the most shocking scenes in the movie where I'm like, what the fuck? Where Black Bolt's superpower is that his voice, even a whisper, can just fucking destroy anyone. Like literally just like atomize someone, which is shown in this, uh, in this movie, actually. And she just seals his mouth shut and it blows his brains out. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? When that happened. Like, this is a Marvel movie. Yeah. Like when that happened, I was literally like in shock. Like my jaw like fell to the ground. And I was like, holy shit. So I was like, this is where they're going. Like they're not going to hold back. And then again, proceeds to the, the craziest part about John Krasinski's Reed Richards character is, you know, he's trying to sympathize with Wanda saying like, hey, you know, I have kids at home. Like I know what you're going through. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, do you have a like, do you have a wife? And he's like, yeah, I have a wife at home. And she's like, all right, cool. Your kids won't be like without a, like a parent then. And then proceeds to turn him into fucking confetti. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, it's what the fuck, dude? I was like, I, I was so messed up. Yeah. But I like that aspect. I'm actually okay with it. I, yeah. I'm cool with it. Me too. That's not the issue. Is that why is she doing this? And the answer to the question is the Darkhold. Mm-hmm. But they don't give any context on the Darkhold, as you mentioned. Yeah. And this is the biggest weird problem. Like, why don't they give more context? It's like they cut parts of the movie out where they explain what the Darkhold has and what it can do to a person's mind. They like don't take it themselves seriously enough to the point where it's just like Again, it makes almost light of stuff that's happened in the MCU before. Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, especially in WandaVision, considering how emotional that series can be. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best things about that series, honestly, is Elizabeth Olsen's performance in which she was nominated for an Emmy for Mm -hmm. because she's so emotional and she's so attached to her her grief. The, The craziest thing, Adrian, we watched Moon Knight, we watched this. They're both about mentally, like, individuals who have mental health issues. Yeah. She's got serious mental health issues. And quite frankly, her team abandoned her. And it actually makes me kind of sad. Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't understand this. Why didn't anyone check up on her? They knew about Westview. Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange knew about Westview and he didn't go there and just check up on her until he needed something. Mm-hmm. Like, what the shit? It, it bothers me, actually. No one tried to help her. And it's so weird. I don't, I just, I can't even understand it. It's, it's, it makes me sad for her because she obviously, she was alone completely in this world. Her, her love, like of her life had been killed. Her kids that she manifested have been killed. Her brother had been like killed. She, like, she's the, she's arguably the most tragic character in the MCU. She lost everything and every single person closest to her. Yeah, it's a tragedy. But even with that context, it's still shocking that she goes this far, which is kind of weird to say because when when you're laying it all out there, it's like, oh, that doesn't seem like too crazy that she would do this. Well, it's the dark hold. Yeah. But my issue with it is that why did it ever have to come to this? Why did anyone why did these heroes, these superheroes in quotations not show up to try to help her? It just seems a little strange and like I just thought she was on the road to redemption after Westview. Like that seemed like it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't understand that even the concept of like how important, honestly, WandaVision is as a series for this m- movie was, I can't believe it. It's actually quite interesting because we've talked about this before on the, our podcast. We, we've thought maybe the shows are meaningless and we actually called WandaVision meaningless. Like the plot line is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Because we thought it didn't go anywhere in the in the end, it kind of just left her at square one. But it it like where she was after Endgame. But it's not true. That show is incredibly consequential to the MCU. Mm. I don't think One Division became a better show because the problem is it's red herrings or a disaster. <laughs> like there's just red herring after red herring of things that just don't lead to anything. But pay off, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's funny how interestingly consequential that is. In just the scene at the very end, the end credit scene of that movie. The unexplained, honestly, end credit scene of that at uh, the end of WandaVision, I should say, um, is is incredibly like subtle mm-hmm. and so important. And it's like, what? Come on, guys. Like, do a little better job of of explaining what you're even doing. Like, I, I know Kenneth Saddlebauer understood what that scene was because he's a huge comics fan. And that's fine. And I watched freaking agents of shield and i understand how devastating the dark hold is but i just don't think that you explained it enough to explain why one of the literal the you know the earth's mightiest heroes became the literal worst most brutal gross villain that there has been so far mm-hmm. so that's the biggest issue and i uh i don't know it's hard to look past is what i would say it just makes me feel sad that she and then she dies Theoretically. Yeah, which I think is, again, like, if that's literally how she goes out, I'm going to be confused and kind of, like, sad about it. Because it, it, she just collapses a building onto herself. Like, well, not really a building, I guess, like a leg- literal mountain. But it's just, she just kills herself. Like, that's it. Like, she literally commits suicide, which is fucked. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, the self-sacrifice is just, uh, it's tragic. It, it's like, it's funny because the movie, the, the whole movie is about rescuing America Chavez, which is cool, but the movie really should have been about saving um, Wanda. And that, and that's the weird thing about it is I feel like the, it's when you have a director come in that doesn't understand the MCU, like Sam Raimi, I would argue doesn't. I think that that's the biggest, biggest hurdle uh, as a producer, like Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige should have probably come in and said, you know what, like this is actually not good. Like, I mean, we have had this character, we've watched this character for like, I don't even know, 17 hours? Since Age of Ultron, man. <laughs> like, it's a lot, right? Nine hours of a, of a of TV series and then add another like four movies, like five, six movies, seven movies. I, I don't even know. There's a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to wonder, like, why did no one come in and say, you know what? Like, this is not only about saving America Chavez. It's also about saving Wanda. There's no funeral for Wanda. No one even cared at the end. The movie's just over and she's just dead. It's like, okay, cool. So this character that literally saved the world and saved quite a few of you, including saving Hawkeye as an example in Age of Ultron. And Mm -hmm. she saved the day in some aspects. She's arguably the most powerful Avenger. And in Infinity War, she was completely badass. And in Endgame, she's completely badass. And like, she is saving the entire Earth. 
and she brings helps to bring back 50% of the world's pop like the universe's population. So you have to wonder like where why where did they go wrong and the answer is that it seems like no one was no one with oversight like Kevin Foggy stepped in and said, "You know what actually? She's a really important character. Maybe we shouldn't just completely shit on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's not like we yeah, the dark hole takes hold of your mind, but how do how do you get out of that? And that's the question I think that no one even a- answered. No one a- answered and no one really asked. And so Wong is like a really learned member of this Avengers this new whatever team of superheroes mm-hmm. and he never really states at any point what the dark hole is capable of or what it can do. He just says similar to the plot of Destiny the video game Destiny, it's like the darkness. It's very dangerous. Like, that's cool, man. What has it done to other people? Yeah. What's an example of what it can do? Why does it affect you? Why shouldn't Doctor Strange use it literally at the end of the movie? That's a really bad move. I was like, why would he do this? This is why Wanda's crazy and is literally destroying everyone. You think Wanda would have just done this on their on their on her own? Yeah. And then by the fact that he uses it and saves the day makes me even more kind of frustrated because it's like, well, how did he resist it? Wanda's pretty cool. Why why is she the one who ends up being the villain after all this when in reality he could have just been as corrupted as she is? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, she even calls him a hypocrite when he starts using it. And yeah, it, it's, it's true. And, and the way the movie ends is kind of confusing because with like not to jump to the end of the movie, but literally the movie ends. Dr. Strange's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then he like drops to his knees and screams in pain as his third eye opens on his forehead. And it's like, Oh, I guess he is being evil. And then they have an after credit scene where they introduce uh, a character. I forget her name. Uh, Ken mentioned her. Uh, it's Dermammu's, I think, niece or daughter. His daughter. Um, uh, played by Charlize Theron. Um, Which is cool. Char- Charlize Theron is in the MCU. Yeah. Um, God, sorry. Let me just find it, the name of that character. Clea. The character's name's Clea. Cool. Um, but yeah, we don't know like if like if Doctor Strange is be- like becoming evil or anything because he drops his knees in pain. His third eye opens, and there's an after credit scene where Clea like he's just walking totally fine. Again, it's like what? And then this 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 character shows up who's played by Charlize Theron, Clea, um, which is Dormammu's I think niece or daughter. I don't remember. And um, it's just like, hey, we got like you caused an incursion. You're destroying a universe. We got to go. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm I'm in. And it's like, what? Like what? Like what? Yeah, again, the, the effects of the dark hole are just so unclear. And it's kind of unfortunate that they don't really go into it at all, man. Like, I think that's arguably the biggest misstep in this film. Yeah. Exposition. The exposition city in this movie, yeah. but they didn't explain that. And the the only kind of point where you like where you where you realize, oh, maybe this isn't Wanda fully doing this. Like maybe she's like she's still in there like her old self still in there and and she wants to get out and stop doing this is patrick stewart's uh you know uh charles xavier goes inside her mind and sees wanda in like this broken down house and he's like no that was the wanda who's being controlled oh yeah oh yeah good point yeah so it's just like oh wanda i'll get you out of here or whatever and then other wanda shows up and snaps his neck which again totally brutal i was like holy that that was actually like holy fuck yeah that was very gruesome but I would say also that that was the, the unnecessary exposition I was talking about. Oh, yeah. He's like, if I help you out of here, maybe we can get out of this. He's like, uh, what? Why is that a, a line in this movie? Yeah. It's awful. It's, it's not Patrick Stewart's fault at all, by the way. I want to make it clear. Patrick Stewart's legendary, and it's awesome that he was in this movie at all. But very unusual. Like, yeah, we get it. She should have been like, help, help. I'm trying. She's controlling my mind. That's what she should have said. If you want to use exposition, then she should have said, she's controlling my mind. Then you, Adrian, wouldn't have been confused. Yeah. See, like, why did he say what he said? It, it doesn't, you didn't know what the issue was there. I want to actually point out something else. So there's a, there's a moment where, uh, so the movie starts off. It starts with a bang. They're in that situation with Ponytail, Doctor Strange, saving America Chavez. And then uh, freaking Doctor Strange kills America Chavez or, Oh, no, sorry, he tries to and he fails. Um, and so it then flashes forward to everything and, and they, they, I don't know why I started with that. Actually, that was a poor, poor starting because that's not where my point was going at oh. all. But that was a cool scene. I like that scene and I like the way it started in a way. And I would actually, if I was to rewrite the beginning, I, I would probably maybe leave that in in some aspect. But we glance past that. There was that concept of dreams and dreams being... Dreams being literally your multiverse self. I feel I feel like honestly they didn't really approach how to explain how that works very well, and it felt very explainy to the point where I'm like, 
hmm, exposition that wasn't done very well. That's kind of what I felt like there too. It's like yeah. very complex, but maybe you can do it better. Because it's funny because everything everywhere all at once has a lot of exposition in it, but I barely notice it at all. So how did they do the complexities of everything everywhere all at once, which is also a multiverse movie? How did they do it so well without making it feel like they were explaining every five seconds? Because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they, they, they were, yeah. but they are. Because <laughs> there's a lot to explain throughout that film. And I feel like sometimes it felt like they weren't, their explanations were weird. So eventually from that explanation to Dr. Strange from America Chavez, that specifically the dream was real because that's how dreams work. Dreams are actually multiverse selves in previous universes, other universes, you know, thinking about basically you're just dreaming about what someone else is doing in your body in another universe, which is fine. Okay, sure. Then they flash to Elizabeth Olsen's character Mm -hmm. and she's having a dream she's having a dream with her kids and this is the only real thing we get this nugget of truth that we get from her character how she's like dealing with this grief of losing her children that she created which is cool but i don't think they went far than far enough in that scene at all and i feel like that that's the biggest one of the biggest issues is that they should have spent a lot of their exposition in that concept mm-hmm. they should have spent a lot of it just explaining what she's been going through again because not everyone's watched wandavision and this is one of the biggest issues and then explaining exactly what the dark hole does maybe have her use a dark hole but even then forget that the scene actually just cuts away and it turns out that dr strange this is the scene that like bridges the gap between dr strange kind of going there to talk to her if i recall correctly and i'm, I'm getting a little fuzzy it's and she goes there to he goes there to talk and she's like he's like this is almost like it's real kind of knowing that she's created this spell that has made this entire field of nothing these apple trees which are not apple trees at all but he says at one point he he figures out at one point that she's faking it and i'm like oh she's lying i know i might come off as a fool here because you might disagree with me then dr strange tries to convince her that you know, hey, you shouldn't kill a child. And then he leaves. He goes back to uh, Comertage and he goes to talk to everyone, Wong and and uh, America Chavez and the rest of the team. And he's basically like, yeah, so she's not on her side. And then America Chavez says, oh, so you went to go get someone's help. And it turns out that the person you went to go get their help is actually trying to kill me. And when she said that, I'm like, oh, that's weird. There's another person trying to kill her. That literally went through my mind. <laughs> And the reason why that happened is because I did not think for an instant that Wanda Maximoff had any power to have a squid monster travel through the multiverse because we've never seen anything like that. And I thought, well, she's not really going to try to kill her because she's Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, why would she? I could not. I couldn't wrap my head around it. It's impossible for me to do that. And then moments later, like not long after, like maybe a minute later, I'm like, oh, she's talking about the person controlling the squid monsters? Yeah, I – it's funny you mentioned that. Cause did you do that? I did the exact same thing. And I, I was sitting there. I'm like, okay. am I fucking stupid? <laughs> like, I, I legitimately thought the same thing, man. Because, yeah, like when that's revealed, I was like, wait, what? Like, I was like, oh, like. How did that pass the sniff test on the screen testing? Yeah, it, it was very confusing. Because, yeah, like in what yeah. way? When did we ever, like, like Wanda Maximoff, she can do, like, telekinetic stuff. And it's shown to, like, that she can do, like, some pretty amazing things. But never. Well, illusions, too. Illusions, yeah. But, like, never was there anything about her summoning demons from other multiverses to travel through the multiverse and kill things. And That's because she's using the Darkhold. But even after that point in particular, after they kill the weird squid eye thingy, no more demons show up in any of the other multiverses. She just starts dreamwalking. Am I wrong about that? She just stops doing that because she, she, she decides that dreamwalking is better. Yeah, I guess, but I feel like... She can't dreamwalk. Can you just do both? Where, where, where did we hear about these rules? I don't know. I just found it a little bit on. She doesn't need to, clearly. She clearly didn't need to, yeah, do, to, so. to, to have a squid monster. <laughs> it was not unnecessary. Maybe the reason why she did that is because the squid monster was the only thing in that universe. Not every universe might have a Wanda Maximoff. And if it does, maybe it's a win one of Maximov without powers. And then what use is that? Oh, that's a good point. So it's like, that's, that's yeah. probably the question. So she can dream walk in certain situations and yeah. it makes sense. But well, real quick, since we're talking about, I guess the start of the movie, I'm curious, like wh- how would you have rewritten the start? Cause you mentioned on episode 97 that 
you had like a, a different beginning of the movie written out, how would you have changed it? So the one I actually wrote initially, and I wrote this down real quick, and, and I didn't realize that the Darkhold is collected from Agatha Harkness. So I completely made a mistake. I didn't realize that she got it in WandaVision. I just did. I just forgot that. And so I looked it up and like it ruined my beginning. But the beginning that I thought of, and bear with me because I don't have this written down. So this is the one that I feel like is probably would have worked better, but it, there's, it'd have to be tweaked because obviously she picks it up from, picks up the, the Darkhold from, from Agatha. Mm -hmm. But my thought was in the vein of Rise of Skywalker, and, and we can change it to be, she needs something for the Darkhold. Like the Darkhold's not working properly, so she needs a piece. So it's funny, I said Rise of Skywalker because we hate Rise of Skywalker. But in Rise of Skywalker, the beginning of Rise of Skywalker is... Uh, it's not really spoiling anything. Kylo Ren, it's literally the very beginning. This is how the movie starts. Kylo Ren is going on a mission to find a map. And there's this crazy action sequence, which is a good way to start a movie, I think. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I like the way that uh, this, the movie started, actually. I know you didn't love it, but I think that you start the movie theoretically with Wanda Maximoff going on this journey to find something she needs for the Darkhold to, to use it. So that scene we see at the end of WandaVision is actually after, after this scene. She's going on this journey. She hasn't used the Darkhold yet. And she's doing this. She actually, you can maybe even start it with her waking up in the morning. The, it actually starts with the vision of her children and Westview. And they show the bunch of things about Westview. She wakes up in the morning and it's a, basically she's living a waking nightmare mm -hmm. as she describes. She's living this waking nightmare and she's trying to, she's been searching for this damn piece for the Darkhold for, for a long time because she needs to get this to work so that she can get her kids back. It's her only... Only focus because no one seems to care about her, as I claimed, and no one seems to check up. But she decides then she goes on this mission like Kylo Ren and she is she's not killing anyone because she doesn't have any intention to do that. She's capturing people. Specifically, they're showing a good Wanda. And the reason why that you start with Wanda is because this movie is more about Wanda Maximoff, or should be, than it is about Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No offense. It's kind of like Captain America Civil War is very much about Iron Man, like in a lot of ways. And the, but a lot about the other characters. It's not really just about Captain America, even though it's called Captain America Civil War. It's not really Captain America Civil War. It's just Civil War. Mm -hmm. But so she's going on this mission. She gets to the spot. I don't know who's guarding it. I don't give a shit. It could be friggin' a version like Red Skull is guarding the dark, this piece of the dark hole that she was missing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And she gets there and this Red Skull like being, she, she, fights all these minions or whatever that are guarding it and she puts them into like cages or whatever she captures them captures them with her red magic and she ends up getting to this last thing and the guy's like stop you can't do anything to me i'm just a protector of this thing just like red skull was of the soul stone and the guy explains to her do you want to know why you shouldn't do this and he he basically gives her a vision kind of i i, I was thinking more like in the lines of um the deathly hollows as an example or showing the cautionary tale of why you do not do this and literally show what the dark hold has done to somebody who's like an insurmountable wizard or, or sorcerer or witch in the past and explain like this is not a good idea like let me tell you why and she basically this person gives her like a psychic vision of this terrible madness that the Darkhold creates. This is Doctor Strange in the Darkhold of Madness. I'm sorry, not Multiverse of Madness. As you explained on our podcast, mm -hmm. there's not enough multiverse maybe to make it Multiverse of Madness, but the Darkhold certainly made her mad. And so the idea is this guy gives her this vision of this terrible effect of, that the Darkhold has. And then she, she, she sees this and she's like, I don't care. And then she, because she clearly wants her kids back. She literally just says, I don't care. And that's the shocking element. And she pushes this guy aside and she takes the dark old piece, whatever it may be. Anyway, she takes it. And the next shot is literally her setting up the, and she's literally just meditating. And she just like opens her eyes. And then we can just cut to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness title screen, which they didn't do until the end, which I thought was very weird. Yeah. And so they, they basically show that. And then, then the next scene, because now that was a lull because it was a vision. You can then, after that lull, you can then go into the Doctor Strange and America Chavez, Ponytail Doctor Strange running away from that beast. The movie can go from there. But you have this concept of, first of all, you show more in the vision sequence of her dream mm -hmm. of exactly what happened and why she cares about her children so deeply. You specifically in the dream also... You cut actually. You can make it more of a nightmare, and that she, after she sees her kids, she's tucking them in like she is in the movie. You can then cut to the the like this. It just suddenly switches. The dream becomes an actual nightmare, and she actually you see her kill Vision like in Endgame. You show this sequence of events that shows why she is in so much pain, and then she wakes up suddenly in a jolt of like sweat because she's 
she's miserable and she wakes up and she's like, this is my life. And she decides to go fix this problem. And the only way to fix it is this really powerful dark magic that she has shown will do what she knows will like ruin her. Mm -hmm. But she was willing to do it anyway. And there's no explanation of why she wanted to do that in this whole movie. And that's the 10 to 20 minutes that I feel like is missing that I think would have fixed it. Yeah. I had another thing written too. There was a different version. I quite like that though. But I feel like that that's the way I would start it personally. I think that that's the way you start it. And as a result, you create this emotional resonance and you get, you give Elizabeth Olsen another avenue to really, you know, yeah. flex those acting chops because she's so good in WandaVision. But I just feel like. Well, yeah, man. It, it, it's funny because like we literally get go to. So there's literally just three universes we go to for like a multiverse of madness movie. There is, you know, our main universe. There's a universe with the Illuminati in it. And then there's the universe with the doctor, like an evil Doctor Strange that literally destroyed his universe because he used the dark hole. Yeah. You literally, like, like, like you mentioned, they could have shown, hey, this is what will happen. And then they showed that Doctor Strange and how he destroyed that universe that is like, I guess, foreshadowing that, hey, we're going to end up here later in the movie. That could have been done. And I feel like it could have been done well. It's, it, yeah, that's shocking. That's a really good, um, that would have been an amazing addition to to an otherwise all right movie, genuinely. And I think yeah, what it started it was started less with an action sequence because it's just this. It's almost like an adventure film in the beginning, but it really starts with that vision. I feel like that yeah. the, 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 that that actually sets the tone because you see why she's doing this. It's just you don't know why she's doing this, and it's like I talked to somebody at work and they really liked the movie, and I didn't get to talk to them about why. And I I suspect that this gentleman he liked it because of the shock value, and shock value is just not enough for me. I don't I don't care. I like the shock value, but it has to serve the plot. And I don't feel like it did enough that I was thinking this was good enough. Mm. And is this movie good? Again, I don't want to We really – this is sometimes happens in our Closer Look episodes when the movie is not perfect. We nitpick a little bit. I don't think we're nitpicking. I do think that this movie is good. I just think that it's like – it's a 7 out of 10 when it could have been a 9 out of 10. Easily, yeah. And it's like – and it's like we're 6.5 out of 10. Like it's just missing – it's missing like key ingredients of the MCU that make this, I don't know, make it tick. And it's, it's weird. You might think, oh, well, well, why don't you just think of it on a standalone? You can't even think of it as, on a, as a standalone. And I said this on the 97, it's crushed by its own weight. You kind of need to watch WandaVision to understand this. Like, why is she in so much pain? You can't even understand. Like, what did she do in Westview? God damn it. Like, well, I don't know. I didn't watch nine episodes. It's the longest damn series. No other series that they've ever launched has been nine episodes on Disney+. Plus. So it's like, WandaVision is the longest series. We're expected to watch it. It's literally required reading for this course, as I've used as a term mm. a couple times on our podcast. It's a required reading. If you don't watch that, you'll be confused. But honestly, you'll still be confused because you won't understand why she really did this. Because I... I I, I can't imagine that there's got to be a lot of people that are thinking, why did she do this? It's so ridiculous. I, I thought about it after. I'm like, even at the end of the movie, I'm like, we got to the end. And I'm like, well, that was a wild ride. That was really good. Mm. And then I thought about it and she, I'm like, but Wanda is dead. Like, that's not a fake Wanda. Like, that's not a Wanda from another multiverse. Like, which is what I thought, actually, when I saw her be evil in the trailer. Mm -hmm. I was like, I thought she's a multiverse Wanda. Because Wanda's incredibly powerful. So you can have a very evil Wanda come from somewhere else and- and do this. They didn't even do like a bait and switch, like freaking Mad Eye Moody or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they did, they didn't do that. They just completely made the Wanda that we know, the one who's a hero, who's gone through serious grief and has mental health issues because of the serious, crazy grief that she's gone through of losing her true love and losing her family and her brother, which is her family. Mm -hmm. We're just seeing this grief manifest itself as something really terrible. And it's like, man. You know, that's why you should invest in, I don't know, mental health services in the United States. I, I don't know what else to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, damn, the Avengers need to get a freaking psychiatrist, I guess. <laughs> like, Well, yeah. They have to deal with a lot of shit, man. It's true. Like, what the hell? You never thought of that? Anthony Stark? Steve Rogers? Come on, guys. No, no, that's a good point. I mean, like, the only time we see someone in the MCU at, like, a self-help group is... uh is Steve Rogers in Endgame. Yeah. You know, he's in that. Yeah, that's really the only time. Um, yeah, but Steve Rogers has got the foresight to do that. And he's like the one doing the cell. He's like leading the self-help group, which is funny. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting because um, 
Uh, actually, uh, just on that vein, because I think you might change the subject, I'm going to briefly say, uh, that's actually something I, I meant to say, and I didn't put it as a note here, so I'm going to forget it. There's no leader of this these teams anymore, and you can just tell by this movie. Mm-hmm. Steve Rogers would have checked up on Wanda. Let's be honest. He would have. And there isn't anyone now that is literally leading it. And it feels like... I actually kind of like this because it's a different kind of MCU than we've seen. And Steve Rogers is such a neat concept because he's... And I, I loved him as a character because of this. He, he literally, he represented everything that was good and no one else is quite like that. Mm-hmm. No one. And I thought Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, Strange would be a little bit more mature and kind of go out and help various members or whatever, but he's not. He's just this knowledge piece that's very, still very egotistical. There's no one that can lead the MCU. People said Tom Holland's Spider-Man. No, he's a child. He's an immature child. Sorry. Mm. He literally broke the freaking space-time continuum for a dumb reason, really. Like, there's no one. There is actually no one right now. And and I'd hope that Anthony Mackie can take up the mantle and actually be that kind of mature, like, light that would actually check up on his team, etc. Sorry, I'm talking about actor Anthony Mackie playing the new Captain America, playing Sam Wilson, I'm, I'm talking about. But I don't know that that's true. And it makes the MCU very different right now. Mm-hmm. And sorry to go off so long, but that's kind of, I, so that was something I was thinking about too recently. I was like, wow, this is like, we don't have a Tony Stark and we don't have, an, uh, we don't have a Captain America. And I'm hoping that we can get somebody to be that kind of leader. Uh, uh, some I don't know who that would be because Captain Marvel just like, she just leaves. She's never, she's not a good leader. She sucks. <laughs> she could be a good person but she leaves every freaking five seconds she doesn't care she's like oh there's lots of planets in the universe that need my help there's bigger fish to fry she says she literally said that though yeah there's little well, there's lots of planets in the universe that need my help just so you know like because they're like where where were you there's lots of <laughs> you remember that yeah it's an end game anyways <laughs> i do remember that sorry adrian you're saying something about ken ken was Ken was saying something about well, it, it, like yeah, so like Ken sent me a message, and he, and he was talking about Moon Knight in particular, but how the uh, season finale of Moon Knight uh, came out on Mental Health Awareness Week. Yeah, and you brought up that um, yeah, like like Scarlet Witch. Um, so did Wanda. So did Doctor Strange. Yeah, exactly. Like Wanda is is severely suffering from like grief, like depression. You know what I mean? And it's I I I'm I wonder if this was the main reason. Or one of the reasons why Marvel decided, hey, let's push this movie back and let it come out this week. Because I, I know you originally thought, because, I mean, to be fair, like, I, I, as soon as you mentioned, I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Because with Hawkeye and how it kind of, there were some little connections between Hawkeye and um, um, Spider-Man. Um, that it, it's definitely possible that they moved Doctor Strange back because there might be some minor connections between Moon Knight and this, but there, there definitely is not. There's like literally zero connection. I feel like Moon Knight doesn't even reference literally anything. Barely anything. About the MCU. I don't think they even name drop a specific character or an event. They were going to put two scenes in that were connected, but they opted not to. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, like I agree with you. I feel like we tend to, on a closer look, we... We, we tend to focus on the negatives. And by the end of a closer look, a lot of the time when we're talking about a movie, we even did this for like the boys season two, as an example, where I'm like, ah, like maybe I didn't like this movie as much as I did. And I, I kind of, it's funny because I, I think this just kind of re- reassured my initial thoughts of this movie when I came out of it. And I was like, yeah, like I liked it. Like I thought it was all right. Um, I still like it. Yeah. I still like it. I, I, I do. I do. I, I, I think you can, I, I, I don't know. It's not devastatingly bad. Yeah. It's not that devastating. It just makes me sad and it's tragic. And I don't think it was treated like the tragedy that it was. And that's the tragedy of the way it was written. I feel like there's a miss. Somebody missed the point. And it's funny because Michael Waldron did such a good job with the Loki series. Mm-hmm. And this is what it, my next point is, which I have written here and I cannot miss this because we can't talk about this. Um, well, we can talk, talk. We can't talk about it outside the podcast. So we, we don't talk outside this podcast. But we also, yeah, uh, we also can't talk about it uh, on the podcast because it's a spoiler. And Michael Waldron wrote Loki. Yeah, and Loki's not connected to this at all. Yeah, there's not, no connection, which is shocking, barely at all. Other than the fact that the multiverse is connected, it makes sense. It's actually not connected, though, when you think about it mm-hmm. in a way, I guess. But I want to say something, Adrian. You did say 
Loki's definitely in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And you said that a couple times on the podcast, and I questioned you on it because I was like, I don't where is that? Well, we where is the article? And we did look it up, and the only one who said it was Collider, mm-hmm. website Collider, which is fine. But I did have my doubts because there was no source that they had. And I didn't really believe it because I never saw it on Variety or Deadline or The Hollywood Reporter, which is where I get most of the news for the news stories. So I was like, I would have noticed that if that was a casting decision that they had cast Tom Hiddleston in this movie and they hadn't. So either they maybe did and they cut out a scene because they did do reshoots or they just never did because it isn't related at all, which is interesting. So I will eat my humble pie, Simon. You're not really wrong, but we did have an argument. I remember distinctly having an argument on the podcast, and I'm like, I don't think that was ever announced. Yeah, you called me a bitch. Yeah, I No, I didn't. Yeah. You called me a bitch. He said, you bitch? He is in it. Probably. <laughs> Probably, actually. Here's the proof, and then he sent me the Collider article. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's funny, actually. I've got a different written. I, I can send it to you later. I got a different written beginning to this movie. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> this com- Do- yeah. Just just give it to me. Just give it to me. I'm curious. Let's let's just go for it. Okay, I'll actually just read it then verbatim. And then we but can, I, don't, uh, I don't want to bore our audience. Don't you think it'll be boring? Did I bore you on the first one? No, I actually quite like that first one. So yeah, let, let's okay. let's finish off this uh closer look with with your write-up verbatim. Yeah, story time. Okay. Yeah. Um so this is the other way I thought, but the reason why I don't like this one better is because I for, I think I missed the point. So I wrote this one actually at like two in the morning, and uh it still works, but I feel like it doesn't work as well. So this one is more on canon. So you don't have to fix the dark hold. She's she's already got it. And so this is my my story based on that. So the movie begins with the same ponytailed strange dream, Doctor Strange dream. Strange wakes up only to see Wong, Benedict Wong's character, uh, who's the Sorcerer Supreme, off. So he's going off on a journey. Wong is responding to a lead to find the incredibly dangerous dark hold because just uh, this is an aside. This isn't written in my notes here, but. The Darkhold is literally like an incredibly powerful book, and and they're literally a, a an agency that's in charge of fixing and making sure that there's not holes and problems with magical stuff. So how do they not know where the Darkhold is? That's like what? So, anyways, so Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, is responding to a lead to find the incredibly dangerous Darkhold. Strange, Doctor Strange stays in town to prepare for the wedding he's about to go to, and you can get that little scene there where he's like preparing. While traveling, Wong is with sorcerer companions, so other people from the Comertage, whom he is teaching about the serious dangers of the Darkhold through careful exposition. So he's explaining it. You can maybe do a flashback showing exactly what happened to a previous sorcerer, as I kind of said in the first version of this beginning. Yeah. And so, and then perhaps a specific story, uh, and then he's he goes through a specific story of a corrupted sorcerer that he once knew, because Wong is a very wise guy. Um, he's like Beyonce. And so, uh, <laughs> I understood that reference. So basically, the idea is the gravitas of the Darkhold needs serious emphasizing, is what I wrote here. Cut to Strange going to the wedding, exactly as shown in the movie, and then you cut back to Wong's tracking investigation. Now he's in Westview, Adrian. He's in Westview when he comes upon suburban housewife Agatha Harkness, who had the Darkhold last. So basically, he doesn't just come upon her; she is manipulated into thinking she's a housewife, right? Mm-hmm. So. Seeing Catherine Hahn is meant to be a bit of a shocking reveal for the audience. So perhaps Wong knocks on the door. So they introduce him and the sorcerer is going into Westview. And they're like, they're in a suburban town. They're like, why would the Darkhold be here? They go and knock on the door of where they've tracked this thing to be. Catherine Hahn answers the door. Cut to, right? So Agatha answers the door and, they, and she's kind of confused. But then they, right after that shot, they cut to Christine's wedding again the monster suddenly attacks New York to take America Chavez. Strange fights the monster like in the movie. Wong shows up to help, but also has news that he can't explain to. That's why he was coming to New York. He's actually coming there to explain to Dr. Strange what he's discovered. Mm-hmm. And as they beat the monster and discover what happened to Chavez, because Chavez explains what happened with, you know, ponytail Dr. Strange, etc., like in the movie, Wong also shares that Wanda has the dark hold. And this is like a revealing conversation between uh, basically between Wong and Doctor Strange. And as he's explaining it, maybe you can go into a flashback where Agatha and Wong are having a conversation because Wong basically refreshes her memory with magic to get her to remember what happened. And Agatha's a bit non... Like, Catherine Hahn would have been a great addition to this movie, I think. Like, she's very awesome as an actor in general, and she would be very good. And so she'd be kind of cackling and explaining that freaking 
Wanda has gone off the deep end and Wanda, Wong is not initially, you know, believing this and in counterpart, Strange is not believing the story. So he's skeptical when Wong ex- explains to him the story and it doesn't, doesn't believe that uh, Wanda has descended into madness and Wong, Wong reemphasizes the selective power of the Darkhold and Chavez connects Strange's dream to the multiverse, just like in the movie. The conversation then transitions to Wanda's dream, just like in the movie. She wakes up. Strange visits her cabin in the middle of nowhere suspiciously this time, instead of just be going there like as a gullible fool. Mm-hmm. And the rest goes on as the movie goes. That's my, that's my second, my second attempt at the beginning. Yeah, man, I, I quite like that. I actually kind of like the first one a little bit more, but I do like this, this one. Yeah. Me too, because I think the first one... The reason it's better is because it. I feel like I missed the point of this second one. I the point of the re- reason that I wrote it is because of the fact that it was really hurt by the fact that Wanda was so mistreated, and it wasn't explaining how Wanda was corrupted. And I think you need to see a good Wanda start, and then you have to see her get corrupted. And you see the difference because you don't really see because the way I described it, she is not corrupt. She has the vision. She's desperate to get her children back. She kidnaps these people she puts these people whatever in cages or whatever that are protecting the dark or the dark whatever instrument that she needs to get the dark working and then by the end of it she's like i don't care because she doesn't understand the gravitas of what it does yeah and then you see what it does because you see her high eyes are all whatever she, uh, throughout the movie her she's got this dark makeup under her eyes she looks like she's not slept in weeks literally and she looks like a wreck and just to get that kind of concept and you understand that she wasn't like this in the beginning of the movie and you realize in the movie, honestly, I would have to change in other ways too. It would have to change in the fact that Dr. Strange should be trying to save her mm-hmm. from herself in the manipulation and the, the seductive power as what I wrote in this write up of the Darkhold, which needs to be explained because it's super important that you understand that the Darkhold is this incredibly powerful device that's just... Like it's like the the writers of this movie read the freaking comic book and they're like, everyone knows what the Darkhold is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, guys, you're the MCU. You have explained everything. God damn it! What if, by the way, I don't think was necessary. What do you think for this movie? Uh, I agree with you. I was kind of shocked because yeah, the Captain Carter we see in What If is obviously not the same Captain Carter from this movie. And evil Doctor Strange from What If was also not the evil Doctor Strange from this movie, so yeah. I think I think you were right about the What If thing that that What If just kind of opened viewers' minds to hey, there's a bunch of different versions of these characters, but none of those characters are in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which is both. I mean, I guess it's 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 both disappointing, but it also would be extra disappointing if they just killed off those characters like this, um, like they did in this movie. You, you know what's cool? I actually too like this is a good thing about the movie too. Like, because I, I want to start, I want to end this with some positivity here. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor Strange, he is constantly in this concept, concept, and I really appreciate this. This is a through line for the movie that I really like. Actually, he keeps asking this question: Am I happy? People ask him, are you happy? Are you happy? And I just thought that was really neat. I thought that that's almost like a mental health thing too. Mm-hmm. Like a, a concept of mental health. But that's why it kind of feels like it misses the point a little bit because Wanda's ignored. But because Wanda ain't happy. Yeah. Um, Dr. Strange, are you happy? Are you okay, man? <laughs> yeah. The person that yeah. literally just didn't get to marry the woman that he loved? While, the per- <laughs> while there's another person in this movie that, again, lost literally everything. everything her reputation yes. it's like she's the yeah. reason why civil war happened man Damn. like if, if we're going even that far back you know she kills innocent people by accident and that's why civil war happens yeah. like it she felt so bad yeah and then it's just kind of like you all right bro <laughs> it's- yeah yeah it, it's funny because i was going a different direction with i was going to go positive and you went way negative on that yeah. good point though you make but um, at the same time, so I like that through line a little bit. I, I did like it. And there's this concept of, are you happy? And there's this manipulation that they try. Everyone she seems to try to manipulate him to go for Christine. Mm-hmm. And he never does. But you know who does? It happens in what if, right? So like that's the beauty of it is it's this red herring that is so perfectly done in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because they know that people have watched what if. 
And they know what Doctor Strange has done in that. And it's so brilliant in that way that I really did appreciate. That's one of my favorite things about the movie is that this constant through line of they're almost like taunting you. Like, is he going to become bad? Is he going to become bad? We don't know. He might do it. You, you, you think it, don't you audience? Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, is he going to go for it? Because literally ponytail Dr. Strange literally kills the freaking Chavez like right away, which was shocking too. Yeah. He's like, I'm willing to kill this girl. Yeah. He's willing to kill her for the greater good. Even Wong is, which is crazy. Which Wong, who has pretty much been a white knight throughout the the movie so far. I'm glad Wong didn't die, by the way. I thought Wong was going to die. That was actually some prediction I made early in the movie. I don't know if you did as well. I'm like, Wong's going to bite the bullet in this, in, this, uh, in this episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because like, it seemed yeah. like there's got to be a sacrifice and it's going to be Wong. But it, it thankfully wasn't because I really like his character. Yeah, me too. I, honestly, I didn't expect him to die. And I think that's specifically because of Shang-Chi. The end credit scene in Shang-Chi. Right, yeah, yeah. He's important for that too. Yeah. That that was the main reason where I was like, he's fine. He's safe. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a good that's a good uh, good call out. Yeah, man. This is an interesting one. Like mm-hmm. some of the imagery though, like again, I gotta reiterate, like it's so good. Like that staircase at the end. Oh yeah. He's going up to go see that dark Doctor Strange. And Dark Doctor Strange doesn't seem that dark, although he's living in a very dark house. Doctor Strange, Simon. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. <laughs> the darkest timeline, Doctor Strange Doctor Strange. He is uh quite interesting. Also, my girlfriend didn't love this, but there's a lot of Throughout the movie, and I'm going to talk, talk to you about the thing that she didn't like in a second, but she, uh, there's a lot of these creative spells. And it's one of my favorite things about Doctor Strange throughout like the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. The endgame fight with Thanos, sorry, the Infinity War fight yeah. with Thanos, oh. with Doctor Strange, was so brilliant. It's so amazing. And there's a lot of that in this too. Mm-hmm. And I love the wackiness. It's so good. Like even that that scene where he's the zombie. The zombie thing was so oh, cool dude. as well. Yeah, yeah, good That's call. so amazing. That was awesome. It's so cool. And, and like the fact that I, again, the rules, that's what we talked about. Like the rule, they don't, maybe don't know the rules for Moon Knight. I don't know that they knew the rules for the Darkhold too, because like what's going on with the demons thing? I don't really quite understand that. And then Christine becomes a badass all of a sudden. It was okay. But I'm like, what? But do you know what the rules are? Because that, 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 that happened to Wanda as well. Like what, where's the, where's the line? Is I, that all that happened to Dr. Strange? Is he also manipulated in the mind? Do they kill the demons that are in the Darkhold? What is happening? So that? that's, a, that's the thing. But for that, I did like that. The, like the demons i i assumed i assumed those demons came because he was possessing a dead body not because of the dark hole yes i, I think that he's was, breaking yeah. the rules yeah yes yes again not again they'll do a lot of exposition mm-hmm. but they kind of did exposition here but then it was kind of unclear yeah so it's not the greatest but i did like that the demons were there because Me he too. manipulated the demons which i thought was really really neat and so there's some really cool, yeah. that was a really neat moment there. And even there's so many other spell, creative spells that he used. And I love the creativity that he can do anything. Anything he thinks of, he can just do magically. And I think that that's so cool. The musical notes fight was exactly what my girlfriend oh, did not like. Dude, I, I loved, loved it. so much. Yeah, that was one of my favorite Me parts too. of this movie. I was like, this is fucking cool. And I'm pretty sure, I don't, I'm not a musician, but I th- feel like the musical notes that you saw on screen, it was literally what was the score playing Gotta out be. at that time. Yeah, that's attention to detail that I'm sure they uh, did they did do. Yeah. And it's great. It's just so like that whole fight was so fantastic. She's like, why would he do that? It seems silly, but no, actually, because like it's it's the unexpected that throws people off. And he was what he was trying to do is steal the dark hold off his belt. And to do that, you do stuff that's unexpected. You throw notes in a, like right at him, and then he's like, You're throwing musical notes at me? It's like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's the creativity that makes him so interesting. I, I like again, it's there's a lot of incredible fight scenes in this, it, it, like including the fight scene in which Wanda, like I like seeing Wanda wreck shit up in that she's so powerful and so cool that she's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like she also, she cuts freaking Captain Carter in half. Man. Yeah. With her, yeah. With her own shield. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And then also like with the Captain Marvel, it's like, oh, I'm Captain Marvel. I'm the most powerful person. And she just wrecks her. And then drops a fucking statue on her and just crushes her. I was like, huh? Yes. I'm like, damn. That was so cool too. It's great. But honestly, one of was like one of my favorite Avengers again. So it's like, okay, cool. But she's a bit overpowered, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I guess you get that out of the way. That's one advantage of doing this is that you don't have to worry about dealing with her anymore and that you don't have to worry about her being overpowered compared to like, she was kind of wrecking Thanos a little bit in friggin' Endgame. So 
Yeah, like, but if you still he, have a character like Captain Marvel, then like I know Captain Marvel is the most overpowered. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's like that's the the biggest mm-hmm. issue there. But I did. Uh, I rather have Wanda because Wanda is a less is more flawed. That's what's so cool. Mm-hmm. She's this flawed person, and that's what's so interesting is that you combine the two things: her powers, and she's kind of her powers are kind of she's never been fully in control of them. That she's they kind of control her, and that's what makes it more interesting. It's what makes her a very interesting character. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I guess that's it for her. So if the, if I am, uh, it's a, it's it feels like her death is just kind of swept under the rug. It's like oh, she's dead now, and uh, yeah, she was she was cool. She, we liked her when she was not murdering people, but she's gone now. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's it's a little disappointing. I hope they bring her back, but I don't know how you do it. It's like what what I don't know. It's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh again, this is one of, the, one of those things like after Captain Marvel I question like do they not realize the attention to detail that they've had the whole time? <laughs> That's the thing I got a yeah. question after that movie. I'm like I like this movie, but like the point I was making on the podcast like episode 97 about captain marvel was the eye patch well yeah the reason why nick fury has a has a remember in in winter soldier he clearly explained or whatever that he didn't how he lost his eye and then they changed the plot it's a plot hole and it's a plot hole but honestly i've only at that point i feel like i knew that and i only watched those movies once so it's like how did i know this and the guy who's in charge kevin feige i guess in this case I didn't realize it. And it's like a weird one. Or even the other people. There's, I'm sure there's other people who are like the map makers who are kind of drawing threads like Charlie Day to the various uh, plot points in the MCU. I feel like, how did you not notice it? So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. The last thing I'm going to say, I know I've said this like three times, but the last thing I'm going to say before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Sochil Gomez, the actress who plays uh, America Chavez and America Chavez's character, in my opinion was really cool and honestly somewhat the heart and soul of the movie in some way and that she just seems like, actually, you mentioned this on the podcast, I think you did anyway, in, in episode 97 or something along the lines, mm-hmm. you compared her character to Tom Holland's Spider-Man and I kind of would go back to that and say, kind of, yeah, in that she's an optimistic character despite the fact that she's being chased by freaking people who just constantly want to kill her and she's lost her parents. So mm-hmm. in, in the face of this evil person who's also lost everything, she has also literally lost everything. She's lost her home world. She's lost her parents and she still somehow managed to manages to stay optimistic, which is pretty cool. And so like this, that's, that's kind of the thing I took from that is that she was kind of a neat addition to the story. And I didn't get that from the trailers, which I really appreciate that they didn't spoil that aspect. Yeah. Although, I would say they spoiled too much in the trailers for sure. But other than that, I, I, I really liked that. Um, I liked your character. Oh, it's interesting. I, I almost feel the opposite about the trailers. I feel to be fair. I, I, I stopped watching after I think the second trailer, we had the trailer that happened after Spider-Man and then the second trailer that they released. I feel like I didn't really expect where this movie would go and kind of the surprises that would sure. happen. Um, but I do agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were careful. Yeah. I would say they were very strategic about the trailers, what they showed, at least in the second one. But I would say also, if you watch the other TV spots, they literally show that freaking like um, Patrick Stewart is sitting in that 90s X-Men wheelchair. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. They literally show the Captain America shield, man. Why? Oh, no. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Awful. Yeah. Stupid. That sucks. Uh, yeah. Dumb. Thankfully, don't know why they did yeah. that. But anyways, thankfully I didn't watch don't, that. I don't want to derail out about trailers because I talk too much about tra- how trailers spoil too much. <laughs> um, but. but yeah, I do. Uh, I do want to agree with you. I thought Shatil Gomez is like America Chavez. I didn't really like her at first. I thought she was kind of thrust in, and I thought that Doctor Strange just cares about this kid way too quickly. And I think that's kind of where they could have also expanded the movie a bit and added more time between these two characters kind of getting to know each other and shooting the shit. But Dr. Strange is very much so just like, I need to save this kid's life. This is like, which is understandable. You don't want a kid to die, but I feel like they could have built up their relationship a little bit more. Uh, But I, I will admit by the end of the movie, I really liked her and I really like at the end, you know, Dr. Strange is like leaving. He's about to go through that portal when they're at the, you know, the, the, where all the Doctor Stranges tra- change or train, sorry, and she runs up to him. the Doctor Stranges. <laughs> the Doctor Stranges cha- train. Yeah, 
Carmitage. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that Carmitage? It is Carmitage. Is that how you pronounce that? I feel like. Yeah, that seems yeah. right. Um, and he's about to leave, and then she runs up. She's like, hey. And he like, looks back, and she's like, what's up? <laughs> I thought, like, again, she's very, like, Aww. she's cute. She's charming, and yeah. she really grew on me, and I'm excited to see more of her. I hope we see more of her. Um, but, yeah, like, I, 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 I'm curious. I'm curious what they're going to kind of do. Watching the trailers though, like I, because again, I only watched the first two really. And mm-hmm. then I kind of got glimpses of the, the, the TV spots afterwards. But I, I realized like, I, I didn't realize what the movie was about. And that's, what's cool is that we didn't know that she was the focus. Like mm-hmm. she's the reason why they're traveling through the multiverse of madness. And I think that that's kind of neat that they didn't reveal that part, which is uh, again, kudos to, to Disney, obviously showing off Patrick Stewart's wheelchair, Patrick Stewart at all, which I think was unnecessary, and like showing off, like you can say the Illuminati will see you now, but you don't have to show Patrick Stewart. That's unnecessary, oh, yeah. in my opinion. I don't think you need to show the shield at all. That's really stupid. But like, it's not necessary. You you have like this great like moment to like have people cheer in the theater, and the cheers for Patrick Stewart would have been way more in our theater had. They not explained it in the trailer, but yeah. they didn't explain very specifically that America Chavez is such a key character and they chose exactly what they were showing in the trailer. As much as we say they spoiled too much, they know what they're doing. They're doing this as on a, mar- on a marketing perspective, extremely specifically. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're just doing this willy nilly. Even Shang-Chi, we talked about this for Wong being revealed, Abomination. We could talk about it for Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I think they revealed too much. But at the same time, they revealed exactly what they thought they were going to reveal because they wanted to show these key moments to get the maximum number of people buying tickets. Mm-hmm. And I can respect that this is a business. And so, okay, it's fine. But I do respect especially that they didn't show the main through line plot, which is to really save America Chavez. Yeah. And uh it's cool because I thought she was just going to be a throwaway character that's thrown in the movie. Like you see, like a glimpse of her in the first trailer, and you're like, "Who is that now?" Like, do you yeah. do you really have the time to just introduce a new character? You're going through the multiverse, aren't you? Just going to be introducing old ones? Like, really? I was like shocked that they were doing that. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this, and I was really delightfully surprised. And that was a really good moment. That what's up, what's up moment. I thought was really, I really kind of really nice. Yeah, it was, it was adorable. Yeah. And also to add on, I'm kind of surprised about the role Christine, like Rachel McAdams as Christine played in it as well. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of shocked when she played such a big role and I I was happy that they brought her in. Yeah. I love Rachel McAdams. Me too. She's awesome. She's so good. And yeah, um, she's so good. She's so good in this. Like I I really respected that. It was cool. And like, it's awesome as well that they didn't get together at the end. I thought that that was really cool. mm -hmm. It wouldn't have made sense, honestly. And it was neat. They could have done gone that way, but they chose not to. And He's like, I would like to show you my uh, my universe. I think that's what he says or something. And she's like, I'd like that too, but I can't. And I was like, oh, wow. Pulling the heartstrings here. Yeah. It's like pretty cool. I, I don't know. I really like that. It's kind of heartbreaking in a way. It's like, are you happy? It's like, no, I'm not happy, but I'm still going to, you know, I, I, I think the line was, and that was a really good line too to Wong. It's like, it's crazy. You can save the entire world. That still doesn't make you happy. And it's like, again, a very it's a comment on mental health. It's just don't think that it, I think it missed the mark on the main mental health issues, <laughs> but it's uh yeah i've said that like three times now so i'm gonna stop talking about that but yeah social gomez benedict wong was amazing again he's always like delightful to see on screen elizabeth olsen did a great job in her role even though again it was this weird plot that she was dancing through but um yeah it's good Mm -hmm. it's good stuff alas adrian do you have anything else to mention about cap captain strange sorry doctor strange in the multiverse of madness yeah um no, I think I'm sure there's going to be stuff that comes up where I'm like, ah, damn, I wish I mentioned that. But yeah, like all in all, I think this is uh, like a, a flawed movie. And although I think the vision, uh, the cinematography, the use of music and score and how the movie looks and all the cool little Easter eggs to older Sam Raimi movies is, is very well done. And there's some great ideas in there. Um, I think all in all, this is probably I, I was going to say middling originally because i feel like it's kind of middle marvel movie but it, i would say it's definitely in the bottom half of my marvel movie ranking if i were to really list it off Whoa. which is too bad mm, cool yeah man all right that's fair yeah i uh i feel kind of similarly i think i put it maybe higher than you do potentially if we actually looked at the overall list just based on the way you described that but not hard to say i i do like it still i think that it, it's 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 uh 
its unique take in terms of the style is the thing that really draws me in. And as much as we didn't get certain things explained, like what the Darkhold does, that is kind of what happened. So as much as it wasn't, we didn't get to see how Wanda got so corrupted, it, it can kind of be assumed in some aspects, but it doesn't make it an amazing movie because they didn't treat certain characters with respect. And, and Wanda's the main one there. So that's kind of the, the issue. But yeah, I did like it. I just don't love it, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, my friend. Yeah, cool. All right, well, that wraps this uh, guy up. Thank you for listening, audience. Thank you, Adrian, for joining me, and uh, goodbye. Thank you for joining me, Simon, and goodbye. Take care, guys. Sleep tight.